And welcome in to Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also on the 1010XL Florida Gator Facebook page with Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green with you. And if you look at the calendar, it is August. It is the month of college football, the Gators and the Hurricanes, quite frankly. Miami as well, Denny, have been in camp for over a week. The rest of the nation, I believe, starts today, as a matter of fact. So college football uh, month, kickoff month is here, and the Gators about three weeks away from Camping World Stadium in Orlando to take on Miami in the season opener. It snuck up because I didn't even realize I was just at the Jacks practice. This is terrible of me. I didn't even realize tonight was a Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Yeah, Denver and Atlanta. Yeah. NFL football tonight. Well, sort of. Yeah. Sort yeah. of. There's a scrimmage. There's a scrimmage. About a bunch of guys who won't make the team. Yeah, but it is football. But it's football. It's and the there's first... referees and there's a scoreboard. Yeah, it's the first NFL football we've seen in six months. Of course, college uh, not far behind. So we're going to talk a lot this week about this Gator team in 2019. But for Denny and myself, really, our specialty, one of our specialties is recruiting. Denny, who does a lot of great work with six points, trains a lot of quarterbacks, not only in the Jacksonville area, but really all over the southeastern part of the country. Uh, Knows a lot of the high school coaches, knows a lot of big wigs in college football as well. I've had Gator fans asking me, Denny, and I'll ask you, Friday Night Lights came, biggest recruiting event of the year for the Gators. They get a couple of 2021 commitments, which is good, and we'll get to in a moment, but no 2020 commitments. The very next night in Tallahassee, Willie Taggart and the Seminoles hold their Saturday Night Lights, Mm -hmm. and they get four commitments Mm -hmm. in the span of 24 hours. Should there be concern among Gator fans as to why it appears on the surface Saturday Night Lights in Tallahassee was more successful than Friday Night Lights in Gainesville. Is this? It feels like Groundhog Day because this exact time last year we were having the exact same conversation. That's right. It did happen last year. It, exact same conversation of man. What? And in fact, I remember I sent out a tweet because one of the kids um, who ended up committing to Florida State, funny enough, uh, told me the Sunday he came into train and said, actually his parents said, man, the Gainesville was terrible. Tallahassee was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I sent out a tweet just kind of saying that, and then it just exploded. I do remember that. You were very popular when you sent out that tweet. Right. right. And so it's the exact same scenario here and the exact same thing. And so at some point, what I think people need to realize is it's just two different philosophies recruiting. I'm not saying Florida didn't want commits because they did. But I don't think Florida is the – they don't have – they don't have the camp with the hype around the camp and all that kind of stuff the way Florida State does. And so Florida State's always going to garner more excitement and more commitments than the way that Florida's running their camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the way – I mean, you look at the three schools that we cover mostly, uh, Florida, Florida State, and Georgia. And you look at their, the way they did their big recruiting events were all three very, very different. And I think Florida State's is set around let's get some momentum, let's get some commitments, and let's really put the effort in there. Um, and and, and so, no, there's no reason for concern at all. I don't know if it's it's a conversation I probably would like to have off the record though with with some people at Florida. Like, is that a night you guys are really going after commits, or is this a night you guys are really going after that next year? Because for back to back years, they've gotten the next re- a jump on the next recruiting. Right year. now, that's the Mullen Gators. If memory right. serves. Muschamp and McElwain, really, when Friday Night Lights really got good and kicking. And I guess at the tail end of Urban, too, maybe. I mean, how far back do we go with Friday well, Night Urban Lights? Well, Urban started Friday Night Yeah, Lights. okay, so Urban did start it. Yeah. All right. So, But I remember Muschamp and McElwain in particular, they did really well with Ton of Friday resources Night Lights. Into it. Now, here's the other thing, though, Hack. 
they were in camp at the same time. Yeah, that's true. So it, it's one of those things where as a coaching staff, I want my coaching staff focused on Miami and on camp. I don't want them focused on a bunch of 16- and 17-year-olds who may or may not hold a commitment. Like that, that, that was a weird thing for me when they moved that game up and I heard they're moving camp up. I was like, well, wait a second. Your biggest recruiting night is in your second night of camp. Right. How are you pulling that off? Well, the one thing they did get, we mentioned a couple of 2021 commitments. That includes a young man that you know in Carlos Del Rio, a quarterback, a class of 2021 quarterback. As I said, Denny works with a ton of high school quarterbacks in our area uh, and it really in the, dare I say, the entire country. What about Carlos Del Rio? I know it's down the road a little bit, class of 2021, but what should Gator fans know? Maybe the Cliff Notes version stud. about him. Stud, yeah. stud. He works really closely with um, a, a good friend of mine, Sean McAvoy, who who trains quarterbacks up in Atlanta. Right. He and, uh, you know, Quincy, Avery, uh, they work together. And so I've known about this kid, and, and Sean's been sending me videos of this kid for the last two years. Really good, and I think he's going to end up. He'll be an elite eleven type of guy. He's going to end up. I would project being a high four star kid, uh, dual threat. It's a very good get for Florida. One that I didn't see coming at all, by the way, mm-hmm. um, not at all. So I think he. And he, here's the other thing: he's got the kind of personality, from what I understand of him. I don't know him that well, but from what I understand, he will go out and actively recruit. Right. So for all of the benefits that you have with Anthony Richardson, that is not one of them. He doesn't have that personality. He's not what Jeff has been to. to Jeff may be Florida State's best recruiter. Jeff Sims has been a great recruiter. And, and Carson, Carson Beck. Beck's done some nice Georgia. things for Georgia. Yeah, That's right. so Anthony doesn't have that personality to do that. This kid does. So I, I think getting an early jump with him is, is a big get for, uh, for Florida. Now, on a bigger scale, Look at that quarterback room right now mm-hmm. for the next four years. You you got Felipe, if he comes back, probably not going to come back. Then you've got Emory, Anthony, and this kid. Hey, I'll put that quarterback room up against just about any in the country, yeah. assuming they all stay. Dan Mullen, in a very short amount of time, has established that he can bring quarterbacks to Gainesville and develop quarterbacks because I don't think there's any question he has developed Felipe Franks into a very good college quarterback one more piece of recruiting news before we start diving in to the upcoming season uh i had a chance to be at the baker sports high school media day on tuesday great event absolutely love the event if you're not familiar with it here in jacksonville florida about 70 of the local high schools come in all the high school head coaches each school brings you know three or four of their best guys their most deserving guys and bartram trail was in and when bartram trail came in gator commitment trevez johnson came in and I had a chance to talk with Travis, sat down with him for a good 10 minutes. You want to talk about a young man that is thrilled mm-hmm. about being committed to the university of Florida. It's one thing to be committed to Florida. It's one thing to look forward to playing in Gainesville. And then there's to be over the top excited. Right. And that's right. what Travis Johnson is. That was, it was very fun to talk to that young man. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a dream scenario for him. Uh, two points on that. One, that's the my favorite part about my job is that part right there is seeing these guys and like these dreams that they've been working towards for you know the better part of six or seven years come yeah. true. That's an amazing part. But the bigger point I want to make about about Travis Johnson is when you get a commitment from Bartram, you're he's going to sign with that school. Mm-hmm. In the history of Bartram Trail, which has had 
for those listening who don't know who Bartram Trail is, one of the better high school programs, one of the top, what, three or four high school programs in the city, I would and say. And they've had the same head coach their entire existence now. Daryl Sutherland has been there all 20-plus years. That school has been around. In the history of the school, one kid has flipped his commitment. Yeah. One. And we're talking – They've had to have 70 or 80 Division One kids come out of that school. And for those of you that don't know, Bartram Trail, that's Joey Gatewood, who's mm-hmm. probably going to start a quarterback for Auburn. He committed to Auburn, what is a sophomore, sophomore. and stuck with it the entire time. Yeah, no, they, it's just they are very – Coach Sutherland is very strict on that. When you make a commitment, you uphold that commitment. And the one that didn't, there was a coaching change at the last minute. Right. And so he went from, you know, like Vanderbilt to Stanford or something like that. It was something along those lines. Um, so when you get a commitment from Bartram, you can almost bank on – that kid's not going to flip. He's going to show up. And, by the way, college coaches know that as well. Yeah. They have, they've taken notice of that as well. So, um, he will end up at Florida, and he's he's got a ton of potential. He's he's a little rough around the edges right now for an SEC caliber player, but the reason why Florida recruited him is, is they like what he could be. You can't teach speed. Nope. Trevez Johnson's very fast. Yep. Yep, and we're going to get a chance to see Travez Johnson at his best, and he's going to get challenged this year because he plays in a district with three other Division One quarterbacks. He play, he's going to play Carson Beck. Jeff he's Sims. He's going to play Jeff Sims. And Walt Simmons. And Walt Simmons, that's right. Yeah, he's going to yeah, play all three of them. And he's competing against another Division One quarterback every day in practice. Yeah. So he, he's going to get plenty of reps this year. So there's a lot of recruiting news. We'll obviously keep touching upon recruiting, but it is August. It's down to get to the nuts and bolts of this here on Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Again, Denny Thompson, Ryan the Hacker Green with you. August 1, we are 23 days away from Florida and Miami. As the game gets closer, I know you've been very outspoken this entire offseason. You're not too high on the Miami Hurricanes, particularly what they have on the offensive side of the ball. And dare I say you think Florida – might have a relatively easy time of it mm-hmm. on Saturday night, August 24th. You're not wavering from that at all right now? No, gosh, no. No, no, And that's no, no, just no. about – is it about more about Miami and the lack thereof or more about what you think Florida can be? There's a gap in the programs right now, right? There's, there's – you've got a program with a returning head coach, with a returning quarterback, with a ton of returning skilled players. Um, and in the very first game of the year – they're playing a team that doesn't have a returning head coach. Got a first head coach ever. Their best defensive lineman just went down. I saw that. Yeah. Um, they, they, their, their quarterback situation is one that is allowing them to do Oklahoma drills with the two quarterbacks at the 50-yard line. How about that? I mean, if you haven't heard, Manny Diaz of Miami has a couple of his quarterbacks. Now, there's three guys kind of competing for the job, Nikosi Perry, Jaron Williams, and Tate Martell. And a couple of those quarterbacks – we're literally doing Oklahoma drills during Miami Hurricane practice. I, I don't. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it, and it makes zero sense to me at all. But it also tells me, like in a big way, okay, if one gets hurt, I guess is that not a huge loss for them? I, I don't. It, it makes no. But that's the perfect point that I'm making. Is you've got a guy trying to find an identity. Manny Diaz may be, he may end up being a great coach. I have no idea. I actually really have grown to like the guy from a media perspective. Um, in the last couple of weeks. But you're talking about a team that lost five of their last six last year. Yeah. And, and in the best-case scenario, you're returning the quarterback from that team with a new head coach. I just don't see it. I, I, don't, I don't see how that game goes any other way than a 38-14, re, like almost reboot of what LSU did to them last year. What I think would be interesting is if it comes out, and again, we'll have a couple more weeks to really break it down, but come out in the first quarter, first half, 
and there's a fumble by Felipe Franks. Or he throws a bad pass and it's intercepted. Any sort of adversity that happens to Florida against Miami, for whatever Miami's lacking, this is not San Jose State. This is not Charleston Southern. This is Mm -hmm. still Miami. And if Franks comes out and struggles in the first half, Miami starts building some confidence. Franks starts losing some confidence. I agree with you. I think Florida's going to win the game. I'm just – and maybe I'm looking too much at the logo and the uniform on the Miami sideline. I just think Florida – could run into some problems if they're not on their A game. Here's here's the thing about Felipe. Did you see the newest Heisman odds? By the way, uh, I didn't. I mean, I know he's been talked about. Bro, it. he's down to six to one. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, that's crazy. That but, is crazy. But here's the thing about Felipe. Um, in that scenario that you just gave, Felipe is at a point in his maturity as a quarterback where I don't think that derails him at all. I don't. I think he's at the point where. He goes to the sideline, he looks at the film, and okay, a lesson learned. Like, I made a mistake, I'm learning the lesson, now I know how they're playing this. Um, that wasn't always the case. No, it wasn't the it, case. When even, Felipe made a mistake, it would snowball, but you think he's gotten better. I, I, I know he has. Okay. I, I know he has. Just from a maturity level as a person, as a man, and then as a football player. And where and, and here's one of the things that happened, or things that happens, is you get your team that's now looking at you as a leader, and that causes you to be a little bit more introspective, right? Now, I've, I've got to look at myself as a leader, right? And a leader doesn't have a fumble and then fall apart. right? And now you've got all these eyes on you, whereas before it was kind of like, oh, that's Felipe, right? Now his guys look at him differently, which causes him to look at him differently. The coaches look at him differently. There's a ton of trust between the coaches and Felipe. He's not looking over his shoulder, right? I think just that combination of things, and oh, by the way, He's six deep at the receiver position. He's three deep at the running back position. He's got a defense that should be just fine. He has some gigantic, albeit unprove it, but gigantic tight ends. Yes, yes. I mean, all of those factors are why I just Miami doesn't scare me. Now, if this Miami game was week eight, okay, I'd sit back for a second. When Miami starts fig- figuring things right. out a little bit. Yeah. Week one, no. Now, a lot of the preseason magazines are obviously out. Preseason publications are coming out. I saw the Sporting News. I want to say Sports Illustrated as well. Denny, I've seen Florida in the preseason top 25 no lower than 12th. And most of the time, they're in the top 10. Uh, Sporting News this week had them number 8 in their preseason top 25. Is that about right, or is that maybe a little high? I would say 8, 9, 10 area, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think about how bad that Missouri game was. And I think about how bad the first half against South Carolina was, and that's jading me a little bit. But Mm -hmm. then, again, they played outstanding against Michigan. They absolutely beat the pants off their rival in Florida State. I understand why they're more hyped coming into the year. But, again, that Missouri game was in November, and and they they looked horrible. Yeah. Listen, Drew Locke's good. He is. Drew Locke's good. Drew Locke got – hot that game and had a really good game florida missouri is just i don't know why it's a tough matchup and maybe it will be with kelly bryant but i wouldn't put a lot of weight into that game now what the one game that still haunts me is that kentucky game last year when i saw him just get absolutely physically dominated and i think that may be the difference though is you've got now a year under a really good strength program, and you've seen major gains in these players. Like, if you look at the pictures between last year and this year, it's dramatic, even with Felipe. I agree. You know, and so I I don't – I just – I think they've taken that next step to where 
eight, nine, ten is about right. There's Florida fans who want to say four or five. Y'all are y'all are crazy. Like they're not. They're a couple years behind Georgia, right? I'm not saying they can't beat Georgia, but when you look at the totality of the program and the depth of each program, they're not a top five team, but they are a top ten team. What about the SEC East as a whole? Obviously, we've spent the entire offseason on Gator Bites, talking about Georgia, talking about Florida. It's, it's a Gator podcast. But, you know, what about whether it's Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, even Vandy and Kentucky? I mean, what's your thought as a whole on the Eastern Division of the SEC? Could there be – another Kentucky? Could Missouri be this year's Kentucky? Could South Carolina be this year's Kentucky? I think Missouri uh, could be. I, I, I think we're all interested to see what Kelly Bryan is. But I also, I'm not going to speak for you. For me, I don't know enough about Missouri at other positions uh, to know. Kentucky, here's how it goes. Kentucky's lost a lot. They're not yeah. deep enough. they got a really good coach. So they're trending in the right direction, but this isn't the year. Tennessee's two years away. I don't believe in a single thing that South Carolina is doing. Not even Jake Bentley. I think Jake Bentley is is maybe worth a win or two from experience. He's back for year number nine. Exactly. As the starting quarterback it, it, of South that, Carolina. That's kind of my point. Nothing's changed yeah. in South Carolina. Will Muschamp is doing a good job for South Carolina. Um, but, no, they're, they're not there. It's Georgia and it's Florida. And then there's one of those teams that's going to beat one of those top two that's all going to shock us. But other than that, at the end of the year – it's going to be Georgia, and then it's going to be Florida, and then there's going to be a big gap. Yeah, and look, Missouri can't even go to a bowl game. Right. But, yeah, they're being talked about more now than maybe they have been since they entered because the Kelly Southeastern Bryant. Conference. Agreed. That's it. And keep in mind, Missouri's a two-time SEC Eastern Division champion. As crazy as that sounds, they did win the East twice. I mean, McIlwain won the East twice. Well, that that's true, too. He did uh, you, you know, East. it's it's just not saying. It's like saying that you win the Coastal in the, in the ACC. It's, it's, You'd say Tennessee's yeah. two years away. If that's true, and I'm not disputing you, I, I agree that there's still some time away. Is Jeremy Pruitt going to be allotted that time? I think so. I think so. I think Jeremy Pruitt, who I know, um, I think they are buying into what he's selling. Like you, you look, think about when Jeremy Pruitt was first hired. That first spring it was rough. Remember, he went berserk in the media about the toughness of his players. He's got a method to his madness, and I think at Tennessee, the higher-ups have bought into that method. And by the way, Tennessee don't have any money. Remember that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they can pay another buyout. So I think he's going to have time, but I also think he's going to go, you know, eight and four, seven and five, which in Tennessee land right now is not bad. You know, you and I love college football, obviously. It's what we do. It's a big part of what we do. Yet I find myself – there's 130 Division One football teams. 130. That's a lot yeah. of D1 football teams. I sit here today with you, first uh, week of August. Season's three weeks away. You can take 122 of those teams and say they have absolutely no shot of winning a national championship. I hear people rip on the NBA all the time. No parity, lack of parity. It's Cleveland, it's Golden State, it's the Jordan Bulls, yada, yada, yada. College football may be even worse because there is not a soul that is watching this on the 1010XL Florida Gator Facebook page or listening to us on the podcast on 1010XL.com that's not going to have some sort of Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, or maybe Notre Dame in their playoff. And I don't know if that's good. I mean, we still love it. We'll still watch it. But the lack of parity on Saturday afternoons is starting to me to become somewhat of an issue. I think uh, people love dominance. I think if you look at 
The NBA is bigger than it's ever been. Why? Because there's dominant teams. There's super teams. Golf was never bigger than when Tiger, Tiger. Woods was dominating. That's fair. You know, I think people like the NFL is bigger Ro- than it's ever been, and the Patriots have dominated. People love Roger Federer, Rafael right. Nadal, and Djokovic right. on tennis. People yeah. love to see greatness, and I think as long as you've got you know that that Dabo Sweeney now Urban leaving hurts a little bit, but that Dabo Sweeney Nick Saban thing. But to prove your point, it's funny as you're going through this. I screenshotted this yesterday, and we talked about it last night on the Sports Den. CBS Sports released at 16 teams with the best chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, I saw this. Like, in this list is USC, Yeah, is Texas, which, by the way, y'all need to just stop with Texas. Well, you know what that is. That's beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. And, I got it. And, and the momentum that that brought Auburn, Florida, Texas A&M, which y'all stop on Texas A&M, their best game was a loss. Oregon, Utah, Washington, and UCF are part of this 16, and Michigan? Like, you're right. You take that, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, that's your first six. Outside of that, I ain't buying any of these. Everybody's going to pick Alabama Clemson 5. It's become a franchise now, a movie franchise. Who would you be more shocked by if they were not playing for a national title, Alabama or Clemson this year? Well, I, that's that's a funny question. I think Alabama's better this year, but I'd be more shocked if Clemson wasn't. Because Clemson's got an easier path. Right. Yeah. Right. That Alabama path. So you think Alabama's better than Clemson this yeah, year? Yeah, they bring – Clemson lost a lot, man. Yeah, but that offense – Clint. With Ross and Higgins I got and Rodgers. And- I got it, but where did, where did Clemson beat Alabama? They beat them up front. Yeah. And they, what, it was the three first-rounders? Oh, the big uglies on the D-line. That's true. That's yeah. fair. So, I mean, they, they lost those. Alabama brought everybody but Quinn and Williams back, essentially. Um, now, here's the thing. The, the, the wild card in this whole thing is Auburn. And I know it's a Florida Gator podcast, but Florida plays Auburn. Florida plays Auburn. Um, y'all really go pay attention to Auburn. Auburn brought back their entire offensive line. Auburn brought back most of that defense that was really dang good. Auburn's got the fastest receiver in in, in NCAA football, and who's that? Uh, Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, and yeah. from my eyes, like Joey Gatewood is ready, and I know I'm biased on that, but there's they're going to be better with Joey than they were with Jarrett Stidham. So you you got to really watch Auburn. Auburn's that team that they may lose two or three, but they're going to beat two or three teams that they're not supposed to beat. See, and this goes back to the Florida schedule. We've talked a lot about this during the off season. The expectations for Florida are huge, and I get it. Schedule's hard. You pick up Auburn. This is not the year to pick up Auburn. Right. And you pick up Auburn. You play Miami, like it or not. I know you're, yep. not, you're not very no, high on no, it, but no, it I'm is Miami. You. So you're talking Miami, Florida State, LSU, Georgia, Auburn, uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky. I mean, it is it is a daunting, brutal schedule. That middle part where it's Auburn, LSU, Georgia, yep. three games in four weeks. Yep. Yikes! Here, here's uh, let me let me throw this little thing at you though. Here's where Florida's at a big advantage. They got three bye weeks, man. They do. They got three bye weeks. So first time in college football history, right? It, it sucks for the fans, but there's three Saturdays that they, that you're not going to have Gator football. That's a huge advantage to a team that's a little thin on the offensive line. You know who else? That's a huge advantage to. Guys that do Facebook Live for to get a recaps because now I have three Saturdays where I can watch all the coverage. That's very true. Yes. That's very true. And do uh, you know sports radio about the Gators. But it gives us a lot of time to Here's dissect what you really happening. mean by that is there's three Saturdays you can drink. Uh, there's three Saturdays I can go out and enjoy <laughs> myself. Yes. But I will say this, though. Um, the August 31st bye week is terrific. Week one, technically. If you get that win week zero against Miami. Right. If you don't beat Miami, you're 0-1 then your season's in a lot of peril already, and you got two weeks to think about it. Yeah, fair. That's not even a thought in my mind. You're right, though. All right, we'll see. 
I know Leon Searcy, every time you say that, wants to have a conversation with him. I know. We've had it. We, we, Leon and I talked Sunday at the Jags practice about this for like 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I just – you can't get me off of that unless there's a major injury. Like if all of a sudden we hear that sometime to Felipe or something like that, there's just not a scenario I can see. We'll obviously talk more about Miami. We're three and a half weeks away. Really quick, as we wrap up Gator Bites here, 10th NXL, Florida Gator Facebook page, and on the internet, on the podcast, on the 1010XL.com podcast network. You and I have been out of training camp. They're a weekend of training camp here in Jacksonville for the Jaguars. Quick thought on Taven Bryan and uh, Jawan Taylor. What have you seen out of both guys to this point? What I've seen and what I've heard are two different things. Like, I think Jawan Taylor's been really good. I think Taylor's been better than Taven Bryan. What I saw on Taven Bryan Sunday was like, what are you doing? Yeah, Taven Bryan, for those of you that haven't listened to Jacksonville Radio, Taven Bryan did not have a good practice on Sunday. Now, for what it's worth, he's rebounded a little bit. But there were a couple of drills, first day in full pads, that you start scratching your head a little bit. Yeah. Year, year two, Taven Bryan needs to start playing. He does. He does. He looks the part. I mean, he's massive. He's moving well. I expected to see one-on-ones him dominate. And it was almost like it's almost like they kept the drill going until he got a win. It was, it's almost what it felt like. He, he, I think they went 13, 14 reps, and he did four or five of them. Yeah. Um, but Juwan Taylor looks looks really fit, looks really in shape. I do I, I defer to Leon Searcy and Tony Baselli when talking about offensive linemen, and and they tell me his technique's okay, that he's got some stuff to work on. But I've been very impressed with um with ta- with uh with uh Taylor. Final thought, you know, about a minute left here. How about speaking of Taylor? How about Fred Taylor? Earlier I this week, you get a load of that on Twitter. Fred yeah. Taylor was voted the second best Jacksonville Jaguar of all time. Former Gator tailback, obviously, trailing only Tony Baselli. Fred Taylor took to social media earlier this week and kind of voiced his displeasure with being kind behind of? Tony Baselli. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like, I mean, it's the the standard play is to go, you know. I love love my time in in Jacksonville. Thank you to the media for voting me on this prestigious honor of being number two. Fred said, "Bump that." Yeah, I'm the best player in the history of Jacksonville, and he's got a case. He does have a case. Him and Jimmy and Tony all have a case there. Um, I love what Fred does. There's and, still and, a fire and under and Fred the, Taylor. Here's the thing: I was just out of Jack's practice. He ain't backing off of it either. Yeah, I mean, there's he's still texting people like he's. He's hot about it. Right. I love it. I love it, too. He was obviously a great Florida Gator, also had a terrific career here in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. That is Denny Thompson. You hear him on the Sports Den Monday through Friday on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. You get me on XL Primetime middays. We'll be back in about a week and a half, and we'll be that much closer to Florida and Miami. Yes, sir.